0: Don't know if you can smell the menthol when I got in uh-uh. I am now at the point in my life where I pull muscles laying down I got home from Presley's tennis practice or session or whatever lessons I laid down and I heard a <laughs> in my neck that is the quintessential awesome thing to do after you reach a certain age I'm just going to lay down and rest and now I'm hurting myself while I do that My upper body right now is so stiff I feel like I'm wearing a neck brace I have to turn my shoulders To look
1: right or left Wow Well, I thought you were going to say You started smoking new parts
0: <laughs> Well, it's not too late It's not too late So I got a boatload of Some sort of a icy hot gel On my upper body And I Oh my god
1: I did, I did not rub it on you, just, That's just no, so the listeners know. Just keep, so they know.
0: Keep that clear. Yeah. Welcome to the Intentional Foul. It is the Super Bowl edition. Last time we'll talk uh, a couple more NFL talks before uh, the offseason hits, and then news will kind of disappear. There's uh, some stuff to unpack from the Super Bowl. We'll do that. So a big trade in the league, Packers and Rodgers and blah, blah, blah. And some head coach stuff. We'll hit the NBA. Dan's got a lot lined up on that. Um, College Hoops. Some Marquette. They just played this afternoon as we record this. And baseball. Some stuff happening. We'll hit the YouTube channel uh, as well. So that is all that is coming up on uh, today's episode. Thank you for uh, listening, subscribing. Hopefully you can stay with us for however long we're here. An hour, hour plus, whatever. Um, But yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. You're you're not having anybody over. You're just going to. You gonna go to your parents or anything? Or
1: I got a I got a buddy that's coming to town Saturday okay. to stay. So I don't know if he's gonna stick around for the Super Bowl or not. But yeah, I'm not I'm not in the mood to do much, and I don't really feel like cooking anything up. And
0: Jane and I are gonna get some appetizers, yeah, and, you know, some
1: finger food stuff, and some drinks, and maybe you go out to Papa Murphy's and get something. There you go. I don't know. We'll take and bake yeah. action,
0: sure. But other than that, it's tough when you're not that interested in the game, right? And I don't know, as, as I'm getting older and more invested and we talk about this. You well, know. it's
1: it's not that I'm not interested. I'm interested, but not super interested. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not excited for it. It's like, oh, there's a game on Sunday.
0: I think more Packer fans have lost interest in the oh, game. Oh, I'm sure.
1: For sure. Like, yeah.
0: just because Green Bay nearly got there. If Green Bay wasn't even close to being in the picture then I think they'd probably get more viewership in Wisconsin. Now I think there's so
1: much PTSD going on, they're like, I'm not watching this. I didn't watch much of the Raptors-Warriors finals.
0: Right, exactly. Or, or the
1: Dodgers, whoever they played in the World Series after knocking the Brewers out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I'm that's, with you there. Yeah, for
0: sure. Absolutely. And, and I'm, you know, I just got so tired of the Patriots, and then now you can't get rid of Tom Brady and he's back.
1: Yeah, you know, I've I've never, I I've, I've certainly have never cheered for Brady because... I've never liked the Patriots, and like you said, you just get tired of them. But, like, I'm not really tired of Brady, I guess. Like, the fact that he's in the Super Bowl again... It's impressive. I'm fine with it. Yeah. It doesn't bug me, you know? I don't have any problem with this Tampa team. Not rooting for him. I'm not rooting against him. I'm not rooting against him. i am just, you know, if he wins, whatever. He's still... It it does, you know, okay, he's got one more. If he loses, eh, he's still got six. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's all good for him, but... I don't know what it's...
0: is I mean, I read this thing today because you've got two weeks and you figure these would be the most important weeks for your team to stay safe. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the players needed a fresh haircut.
1: Before. Is that what happened?
0: Yes. Oh, Jesus! A barber came into the facility God. and they tested him for five days prior. And they all came back negative. They tested him that morning. They tested him when he got there. That's the one mid-haircuts, comes back positive, get the fuck out. Wow. And that like nobody's tested positive yet. They're just in protocols. But here's the dude whose hair he was cutting. And then another guy, he cut his hair off the facility the day before. Mm. I was just reading through it, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So dumb. You can't wait. Why do you need a haircut? For the game, it's a big occasion. I get it. When you wear a helmet, what right. are you doing? <laughs> right. Isn't the Super Bowl more important?
1: Well, yeah, and it's not. It's not like there's a traditional media day, and you're doing right. all the normal stuff.
0: You're not. It's not the dog and pony show. No, that, that that it used to be. I don't even know. Is is there a radio row going on? I don't even know.
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't know how you could do it. I don't think so. Yeah, but it's like, what? there'll be nobody there to interview. Right. You know,
0: like what are you? What are you guys doing? And to me, you
1: you deserve that for being stupid. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. I mean, I don't like what what compels a guy like like that to do that. Is it just arrogance, selfishness, like stupidity? Like, what is it? I gotta look good. If we win, I gotta look my best. I mean, that's that's where we are, isn't it? I guess it is. It is true. Fresh. It is true. We were just kind of talking about that beforehand with yeah some of the teams we cover and yeah right it's, it's kind of about it's about me i have just I have and I I kind of reached my breaking point on
0: Sunday night I called a former coach of mine and I'm like you gotta help me like what was this like dealing with some of this behavior that I'm sure wasn't as prevalent
1: but it was there but it was there for sure
0: and he he's like I don't have much positive news to tell you <laughs> like here's a couple examples and i'm like that ain't, is not near the degree to what's happening today and i just kind of went down a rabbit hole and lost it and that's when i typed out just a, a hardcore everybody right now in sports sucks commentary mm. and it tra- and it goes down to the local level and i don't know if it was well received i don't care i got a lot i got a couple of responses from parents that were in the community with kids in youth sports and be like, amen, tell it like it is. And now you see this in the Super Bowl, and it's like, these guys are professionals getting paid to win the biggest game of their lives. But they need a haircut and put themselves and everybody else on the team in danger.
1: Yeah, you can't trust people, man. <clears throat> you just can't. What, what you just can't hell? trust people to make the right decision. Oh, There's, always an idiot. There's always an idiot or two in the crowd. So,
0: I, you know, I don't really have anything more to say about the Super Bowl. I, I mean, we're going to watch.
1: Well, I mean, Kansas City's missing both their starting tackles. Yeah. Which has not been real talked about in the mainstream, but if you listen to, like, football people, they're like, this is a monster deal.
0: That's the first thing I said after the AFC and NFC title games when it came out. It's like, you're going to be missing both those yeah. guys. Have fun against that defensive front.
1: Yeah, it's going to be rough. I think this is going to be a, a lot more competitive game. Then initially, I mean, for, I don't even know what the spread Kansas, is. I think it's three right now. KC, okay. KC, KC. is favored okay. by three. But, you know, we've kind of anointed Kansas City, and I was guilty of it, especially earlier in the season. We've all kind of anointed them as kind of the, the Golden State Warriors of the NFL, where, like, you just can't stop these guys. I mean, they've. It's not like they're putting forty on the board weekly. They're not the. They're not the greatest show on turf, Rams. And
0: even though they kept winning, you pointed out a couple of times late in the season, they haven't been
1: no clicking. Not exactly. really. I mean, they played good against Buffalo, and I think you know we talked about it. Buffalo had a little bit of a just happy to be there. itis oh, right. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a really good game, and uh, man, I think I have this weird feeling that Tampa Bay is going to win. I just do. I think Kansas City has the better team. Um, but, I mean, if it's close in the fourth quarter. How do you bet against Ray? I mean, if he's got an opportunity to win the game or put you in position to win the game, um, I don't know. It just seems like it's, it's meant to be this year for him. I mean, Tampa Bay... I mean, they had, a, they had a stretch during the middle of the year. I mean, this, this was my Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the year, KC Tampa. <clears throat> there was a stretch in the middle of the season when I was like, Jesus, I don't know if Tampa's going to make the playoffs. Right. And now here we are sitting in the Super Bowl, and they've got a legitimate chance to win the title. It's, it's a pretty crazy year they've had.
0: I don't know anything because I haven't watched much of the Chiefs all year. I don't know anything about their front seven. If they can get after, I mean, that's a, the main reason why Tampa Bay succeeds is that if you give the dude time, he will cut your defense to smithereens. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw him make three mistakes in a row against the Packers. That was only the second time in his career that he did that. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't exactly count on stuff like that. It's
1: similar to what happened to Rogers down there. Right. Where a couple of weird things happen. They were able to capitalize down there. The Packers couldn't capitalize at home. Yes, but but I mean, if you get time, you give the dude time. The dude's smart enough and good enough. Still got the arm strength too. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I, I just don't know how you bet against. I, I'm like I'm kind of with you. Um, I, I think Tampa Bay might be coming in feeling like the underdog. I think they may believe that the Chiefs are going to walk all over them. And I and, and I'm with you. I just don't see that happening.
1: Well, I'm sticking with my original. I had K C winning okay. it. That's my preseason pick. I'm not gonna change, but I don't know. I just have this weird feeling that Brady's gonna pull this one out and it's just gonna kinda be the cherry on top of his career. I mean Will he then retire no, again? No, I don't think so. I think he's gonna keep I mean, why? Why would you quit?
0: If I keep winning Super Bowls with a new team. If
1: they bring all that if they bring that roster back again next year and they have a training camp and they're healthier and oh
0: man. Look out. Especially with if Breeze is now gone, yeah. I mean, you, you basically have could could have the division,
1: could have the division, but there might be a new contender in the NFC.
0: Okay. Oh,
1: yeah, <laughs> the Rams. <sighs> I you see it through a Packer lens, man.
0: No, I'm no, I don't. I think the Rams definitely got a major upgrade for yeah. sure. I mean, they're now absolutely dangerous, more so than they were this season.
1: So Stafford traded to the Rams for Goff and three picks,
0: third round this year, one yeah next year, and then one the year after that. Right. Um, and I think now that'll make like five years in a row. I saw some something crazy that LA has not had a first round pick. Yeah, you know, somebody said like, what are they, the Bears? Like, well, that's a decent comp, but I mean, the Bears went to go get their franchise quarterback and then they paid for Khalil Mack. You know, they paid for two players. The Rams treat these, you know, these first round picks like they've got terminal diseases. Get them out of here. They just don't care.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love the philosophy. I do. I mean, if you plan on being a good team year in and year out, you're willing to pay big money to, to the big stars like Ramsey and Donald and some of these guys. Um, what the hell do I care about the 27th pick for? Then, if I can go if I can put that to use to go get me a 100 a quarterback 100% what's that
0: going to do for the for Lions, sure. when you are probably going to make it into at least the divisional
1: round. And somebody can go well oh, 3 years ago the 27th pick was blah 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 and he made two pro great. But, but you, that you, that's not better can. than than going and getting a player like a Stafford right. that you can plug right into your team and immediately upgrade your offense, and you didn't have to give up a player to get him, Right, an actual player, that's big.
0: I mean, think of all the first, and I will look at this through a Packers lens, look at the first round picks that they've had past twenty, twenty-two, twenty-five. 25. Okay. Yeah, they've gotten some good ones in the second round, but the first round has generally been not very exciting for guys that they've taken. So if you're constantly winning and that's your constant spot that you're going to pick, why not gamble if somebody's willing to give you what you want? I don't know why you don't do that, but we're we're obsessed right now, especially Packers fans coming off the, the Thompson thing, accumulating picks so you have a better chance to find somebody that'll help you. Where the Rams are just like, okay, we'll go get somebody who's good right now. And we'll keep doing that, and we'll keep making the playoffs
1: and well, have a chance to win. And when it comes to Stafford, what I mean by you see him through a Packers lens is like most Packer fans don't think Stafford's very good. That's idiotic. He's really good. Yes, and if he you, is. And if you he listen is. to other players in the league talk about him, they talk about him as one of the better quarterbacks in football. He was.
0: He's on a. He was on a garbage yeah. dump of a team. Yeah. And now he's got a good defense, he's got good receivers, he's got a pretty good running back, and he's got a decent line. Like, And he's I'm- got a
1: franchise that's going to be willing to support him in terms of financially. They're going to go out, they're going to spend the money, they're not going to be frugal like the Lions.
0: I mean, think about most of the guys that you see that waste away on a bad team and never really get an opportunity. I mean, the ones that you think of, and we talked about it last week, uh, both of them came from the Lions who retire in their prime. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the the talk is, I would have liked to see so-and-so with this team, somebody who had a strength that their team never had. Now we get an opportunity to see that. And to to me, it's kind of like, okay, they're putting all the chips in the Stafford basket. I want to see Stafford go do something. Pressure's going to be on him, for sure. You know, it's like, you guys gave up all this to get me. i got to perform now. I I mean, I don't know that it's Super Bowl or bust, but you probably better be smelling the the NFC Championship
1: game. Oh, I think so. I think you make that kind of investment. You're expecting him to be the guy to put you over the top. I mean, you you were in the divisional round this year. Yep. I mean, there's no reason to think that upgrading your quarterback position won't allow you to go much further. Mm -hmm. So... We'll see what happens. I think it's a good deal. I think it's a good deal for both. I mean, if you're Detroit, you get a guy in golf who was a number one pick. He started a Super Bowl. Um, he's he's a competent guy. He's overpaid, but that's kind of par for the course with the position. That, that's the league. And you get some draft capital that you desperately need. Um, and hopefully, for your sake, this new regime that you've got in there can make use of, of these picks, be it 27 or you get lucky and the rams have a bad year and it's in the teens or something um you know you got to make hay when you can
0: and i i kind of was amused by the coach in his press conference
1: oh yeah the the the,
0: he seemed like an absolute psycho well but but there's a
1: couple of weird ones to the tune where it's like maybe this is
0: what the lions kind of need
1: yeah yeah i mean Talking about biting kneecaps and, right. like, just weird stuff, and, like, I, I get it. Like, football football's just, and I I only played one year of football. I played it in eighth grade at Marshall. Football's just a different world when it comes to, like, the motivational tough guy stuff that, that gets said, and it's, like, for most people, they hear that, and they're like, what? <laughs> for football people, I think they're like, yeah, I get what he's saying.
0: Yeah. Right. Speaking about know, We language. just want
1: to change the culture. We we don't want to get pushed around. You know, we're gonna to try to, you know, be they, a little more physical. But they don't say it that way. No. It's biting kneecaps and chokeholds and headlocks and arm bars and it's like, huh? <laughs> yeah.
0: So I I don't know. I didn't see the uh the Nick Sirianni.
1: Well, it just sounded like a dude that started reading off the teleprompter and then the teleprompter shut off and he didn't know what to say. Like he kind of got lost in his mid train of thought of what he was laying out, like his plan for the team, and like it was bizarre. I felt I felt bad for him actually. Campbell with the Lions, you were just kind of like, oh, he's kind of goofy. Well,
0: I'm just gonna sit back
1: and yeah, enjoy this. Ride. This uh, this guy for the Eagles, Sirianni, like I actually felt bad for him. Like, oh, oh, this dude is kind of getting a little stage fright here. I don't know. Good luck on Sundays. That Philly media. I like Jesus. it. Jesus. What do you what do you make of this? So this Rogers Packers thing just won't die. Right? It just well, no. I don't know who's perpetuating it, but it seems like every day somebody says something in regards to Rogers's Packers future. It's, whether it's them asking Gudakins the other day, asking LeFleur the other day, Rogers being on McAfee's show, and then today you got TJ Lang coming out and popping off. Like this this story What is this? Like, is this a complete creation of the media or is there legs to this?
0: It's stupid. I'm tired of hearing about it. I don't care. If you want to listen and you're naive enough to believe, and we've seen this in other sports with other teams, even teams that you and I both root for by management who try to sell you something and at the end of the day, you turn back and like, you're full of shit. But if you take them at their word... It means that Rodgers will finish out his contract in Green Bay, and Jordan Love will have not played a down, or they'll trade him for draft capital, which I don't understand how they can do if they keep keep having him be inactive. He was inactive all year, right? So Lafleur and Gutekins both say 100% confident Rodgers here, blah 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 blah. T.J. Lang says he's going to, Rogers is going to use this situation against them. And I'm like, I don't understand that because if he's motivated by being pissed off that they got love and he wants to get back at them, how is getting back at them going out and performing like you're having an MVP caliber season? I don't really understand how you're, how that that is working against the front office. Well,
1: one of the things I heard was that maybe he was trying to use it as some sort of leverage to uh, for negotiating a new contract or some kind of but he just signed something yes so I don't I, that didn't make a and lot he's got of sense three to me. years
0: left on it now. dude
1: we talked about this before the season like it never made any sense that they were gonna trade him now or get rid of him now. it would be after next season. When, when all of the cap hits and all of the financial stuff yes. is much, 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 much Plenty more easier. in the team's favor yes. than it is right now.
0: Especially with the cap going down next year right. because of all the lost money. like you don't, That's not what, what you would do next season. So they talked about next year. They talked about long-term future. But this T.J. Lang stuff, it's like here's another guy that the Packers chose not to re-sign. And you've you've got kind of this Greg Jennings syndrome. If you follow Lang on Twitter, which I did up until recently and it had nothing to do with his comments today, he's firmly in the Lions camp. And he's cheering for them and he says he's got a good relationship with Rogers and I just talked with him. What that might be Well, it. and that would
1: be my only question whenever you hear this kind of stuff when, you know, a uh, a third party is the one saying that this is what the guy said. Right. You always wonder, well, what's the connection? How close are they? It's like, okay, yeah, they played together for a while. Were they tight? Were they boys? Because it seems like Rodgers and Bakhtiari are boys. Correct. You know, was he in this group or not? I don't know. You know? Or Um, was he just a dude that was on the line? And, yeah, we're friends. Yeah. But you're not A.J. Hawk and you're not Bakhtiari. Right. Those are my guys.
0: I think it was a little bit more telling when Rodgers was on McAfee's show and with all the comments that he said after the game, you know, emotions are high you've got adrenaline going, you're asked and you're expected to come up with a quick reaction to something that is a really deep question that you probably need to put some thought into, and then you go off on this where he threw his coach under the bus and, you know, stuff like that. Now he's got a time, a little bit of time to, to think that stuff out. I mean, I would rather take him at that rather than in the moment.
1: You know what I mean? Um, when You can never take an interview seriously given – by a an athlete right after their season ends. Right, you just can't. Right. You got to give twenty four hours to process. And, and what he, the hell just happened? And how all be, that work yes was for naught.
0: He seemed to be in a lot better state of mind when he was talking to Mac. If he and he's got Hawk on the show, it's like these are two old players.
1: I'm not going to bullshit these guys. Well, and and Rogers is has always been. Very calculating in, yes. in what he says. Correct. He says so it with a purpose. When he when he gives these long-form interviews like he does on McAfee, he's having fun. You can see he's got a little twinkle in his eye when he's saying some of the things that he's saying. Like, he knows this is going to get picked up. Oh, well, of course. You know, so he understands that I, th- I think he's self-aware enough to know that he feeds the beast, you know, so you got to read between the lines a little bit with him, but I I just think all of this right now is much ado about nothing. I think that this is a conversation better had for next preseason going into next year Mm -hmm. of is this his last year because of the financial ramifications. Uh, But right now I think it's just too early. I just,
0: hearing those comments at the press conference yesterday from both the coach and the GM, it's like one of those things that I think – fans and media members should put in the back of their brains. If something goes wrong and all of a sudden you come up with some justification to jettison the guy and go with your pick, I, my first question would be like, you just said to us nine months ago that he's here for the duration. This is your guy. He's playing at a top level. If Rogers gives you excuses, To get rid of him, either with attitude, his play all of a sudden drops off a cliff. Then you've got arguments that those reasons that the GM and the coach had previously given you, they can take a back seat. We can come up with a new plan. Sure. But right now, I'd be like, you know, if something happens, you just fed us a line of stuff and we ate it up. Now you're turning a 180 what happened between now and then and nobody's going to ask that because that's just not what people do
1: yeah but that to
0: me as a fan it's like what changed why did you say one thing and
1: now you're doing the complete opposite well at the end of the day i think the the you know obviously the better rogers plays the more difficult it's going to be to shed him absolutely and you know the the People, you can't really compare it to the Favre thing because Favre had been waffling on retirement for See, a couple and years. that's what somebody tried it's to just pull not on the me same. Today. It's, well, not it's not the same. You're in the same situation. No, no you're not. No. With 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 Rodgers, they had a clear idea of how good he was Yes, when and, he was and there. They,
0: and they had a plan in place when yeah. they wanted to start him. Yep. Right now it doesn't look like they have any plan for and, Jordan. And
1: Rodgers had played some... You know, some mop-up duty. I remember, wasn't there like a cowboy game he came in when Favre got hurt? and He played really well on like a Monday or a Sunday night game. Yes. And everybody was kind of like, whoa, who's this guy? Right. So it's it's different. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to be ugly. It always ends ugly unless the dude rides off, unless he wins a Super Bowl and rides off into the sunset Elway style. (laughs) It's never going to end the way everybody wants it to. That's just the nature of pro sports.
0: It looks like Tim Boyle is a restricted free agent. So I'll be kind of curious to see now what that backup situation looks like. Mm -hmm. If they want to jettison Boyle, stick with Rodgers, and let Love take the backup and get those second-team snaps in preseason snaps and stuff like that. Maybe they'll go out and draft a guy in the late rounds to be the third string that they'll keep inactive because if there's two preseason games like they're going to talk about, that they're going to extend the game enough, or the season one more game and then hack the preseason and a half from four to two, you're probably not going to need a third quarterback that much, but you're not going to play Rodgers more than a couple series if that. Right. So uh, that's one of the things that I'm outside of the whole free agency that I'm going to be watching. What are they going to do with the backup? Because they can't keep Jordan Love inactive for another year if you just spent a first-round pick. For sure. You just can't. For sure. And if you're planning on keeping Rodgers and maybe building up love like they had done with previous quarterbacks, they'd groomed them and then they sent them off for draft capital. It's hard to do that with your first-round pick when you don't (laughs) let them see the field.
1: And there again lies the biggest advantage the Packers have as a franchise is they don't have an owner. Right. Because... Every other team in football, if you spend a first round pick oh. on a quarterback, by year two they're going, What the hell? Right. Yep. Come on, let's play this guy. We're paying him first round money. What are we doing?
0: Yeah, you at least gotta I think give love the backup position for yeah. the next year. Yeah. So
1: what uh I was gonna before we hop off of football. Sure. What do you think of this Aikman uh I haven't heard story? anything about this. Okay, so so, so Michael Silver, who's a writer for NFL Network, basically came out with an article trashing Aikman for Aikman's uh, comments about golf in a couple of the late later games that they did this year that okay. the Buck and Aikman did against the Rams. And I realize I'm asking a Packer fan to comment on so Troy Aikman non-biasedly, Give me a break. but I'm appealing to your sense of radio broadcasting oh, professionalism here. God. So Aikman basically has been accused of being Sean McVay's mouthpiece. So whatever McVeigh – McVeigh was telling Aikman stuff in the production meetings that Aikman was going on air and repeating to trash Goff because the, the, the coach had kind of given up on the player. This is what Silver is accusing Aikman of. Aikman came back and just basically said, I'm a professional. I've said many glowing things about Goff. I criticize all players when they play like shit. I praise them when they play well fuck off. That's basically what he said. (laughs) And then of course now this, it's going to, you know, it'll go back and forth a couple more times. But I mean, like what's your opinion on, you know, obviously you and I doing high school, it's completely different than what these guys are doing. We're doing kids, they're doing pros, but like, what do you think about that? The criticizing of a player that way or being a, being a mouthpiece or, or somebody or a go between as a broadcaster?
0: Well, I mean, as a broadcaster, you're expected to know and talk about things that the average fan is not privy to. These production meetings are not classified. They help you get information that is pertaining to the game broadcast. So if you have a conversation with a coach that you don't air, unless the coach says, listen, this is off the record and whatever, don't repeat this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, has McVeigh basically said... I told that to him in confidence, that's bullshit, blah, blah, blah.
1: Not that I've heard.
0: Then that's not a
1: problem. Right. That's the way I it's, thought it's about period
0: it. period not a problem because if McVay specifically tells that to Aikman and he repeats it, it's not Aikman's opinion. It's the coach's
1: opinion. Well, you need and, to target the coach. And you, hear, and you hear it every game where they'll be like, you know, we talked to Matt Nagy during the week and he right. said, he said Trubisky's doing a lot better in this, but he's got to get better in this or we talked to Matt LaFleur and he said Aaron Jones is doing this and right. he's got to get better like they do it all the time. Yes. It's just very weird. It was an odd thing to get called out for. Was
0: it but is it just because it was overly negative?
1: I think so. Well, who cares? We're, we're basically I think it was it was something that he said in the the Ram playoff game because Goff didn't start. Mhm. They started that other guy and then he got right. his bell rung yes. and then Goff had to go in and they ended up winning the game. Aikman had made a comment. I can't remember what the comment was, but he said something in that game negative toward Goff and a bunch of people got up in arms about it. So, I,
0: I, I honestly then don't understand what the big deal is. I mean, like you had mentioned, I talk to the coaches on a weekly basis. I had a, I had a coach conversation today. We talked about things that won't make it to the broadcast for because sure. it's not pertinent and I'm not going to reveal sensitive information that I deem to not be in the best interest of the program. Right. It's not like I'm trying to earn points with the listening audience. And Aikman right now, he's the number one analyst for Fox. Right. What does he care what anybody thinks? I wouldn't.
1: No, I wouldn't either.
0: You're paying me to get give my opinion. Coach told me something. If I agree with them,
1: I'm going to repeat it and back them up. I'm the number one high school analyst in Rock County, and I don't care what anybody. Well,
0: thinks. <laughs> you, you've always had that opinion, absolutely. So, no, I don't think that that's be- people. Again, sensitivity, whatever. Yeah, mind your own business. Yeah, get out of
1: here. I hear you. So.
0: Well, that's enough football. Uh, you got a boatload of NBA stuff. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Bucks, and I know we were doing a game last night on Monday, and you were keeping, tra- keeping track on, on your phone, and you were like, they scored X amount of points in the first quarter, and I went, what?
1: Yeah, I think it was like 45.
0: It's
1: they had like, 79 at half.
0: Right, and they knocked down 21 out of 42 threes.
1: Yeah, solid 50%.
0: Over the Trailblazers, so... um. Yeah, I mean they they lost two road games. They come back home and they just lay waste to the Blazers. Um, I don't know. Go ahead, take take, take it from there. I well, guess. Well,
1: it's it's kind of more of the same with this Bucks team. Um, Twelve and eight. Somehow they're still second in the East. They're two games behind Philly. Um, kind of in a log jam with like Boston and the Nets and the Pacers. Um, just a lot of inconsistency, and and some of that inconsistency is actually during the game. Not, not it's game to game, and it's also during the game. Um, the two losses they had at New Orleans and at. Uh, the Hornets.
0: They gave up 21 threes, I think, in each of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, just absolutely torched from the three-point line. In the in the New Orleans game, Bledsoe hit seven and Lonzo Ball hit seven. Bledsoe never hit seven when he was on the box. I was
0: listening to Ted Davis, and he's just losing his mind about how well Bledsoe is Yeah, doing. he's
1: shooting out of his mind this entire year, but he had an amazing game against the Bucks. you know, go figure.
0: And I read somewhere, I don't know who they played before those two games, but the amount of threes that they gave up in the three successive games was the most that any team has given up Ever. in a three-game stretch like, in NBA
1: history. Yeah, it was over 60. It was like 64 or 65 <laughs> threes they've given up in, in the last three games, which is just an ungodly amount. Um, you know, both of those games, they, they got really, really far behind in the second quarter. I think they were down 30 against the Pelicans. I know they were down 20 against Charlotte. It's just too big a hole to dig yourself out of. And the three-point line helps you get back into these games, but, you know, they expended a ton of energy to almost come back and win the Pelican game, and then they have to do it again against Charlotte. They just ran out of gas. Um, But, you know, you got a rookie in uh, LaMelo Ball who has his career game of his life against you. Uh, We already highlighted the threes. The bench has been wildly inconsistent all year. It's been total feast or famine from everybody other than Bobby Portis. Um, It's just been disappointing. And I almost have to take a step back, though, because and take my own advice. I said at the beginning of the year, this is not the last two years team. This is a team that has got a lot of new pieces. They're trying some new stuff. They have changed their offense a little bit. Um, You see guys a lot more on the baseline, the big guys in what they call the dunker spot. So when you get some penetration, you can drop it off to these guys for easier shots. That's something new. Um, You know, and Giannis talked about it the other day. Uh, You know, this may not be a team that wins 55, 60 games like it did the last couple of years. But, um, you know, creating good habits as they go along throughout the year and be peaking at the right time. I heard Mike Heller on his show today brought up it was last year at this time the Bucks were playing in Paris, and uh, they were playing Charlotte. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. seems like 10 years ago, doesn't <laughs> it? And there was a story that came out that Michael Jordan and Mark Lazary were having a conversation, and Jordan's advice was don't be worrying about trying to set some you know, wins record in the regular season. It doesn't mean shit. You want to be playing while well going into the playoffs and win a title. And Lazary's arrogant response was well we're going to do both well maybe you need to heed some of that advice this year and you know if it means giving Giannis or Middleton a little bit of a break here and there you know doing what you got to do I'm never going to be on board with load management but you know <laughs> missing a game or two isn't a big deal but all this scheduled crap that's a different story but yeah you just want to be peaking at the right time um you know the are problem Buck's Twitter is kind of over him. Really? Yeah, Buck's Twitter is kind of ready for him to move on to future endeavors. Where are you at? I waffle back and forth, but again, it's they're, they've put in some new stuff, so I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it some time. Sure. a lot of new players and in, in a new system. You mean,
0: you're what twenty games into the season? Yeah. Is it enough sample size to have a stone cold verdict? Not really.
1: You're barely a third in. So, you know, if they have another. Uh, playoff flame out, then, yeah, it's time to make change. Um, It's what you're doing ain't working, but I'm I'm willing to give it some time. But just to give you an idea of of where this team is right now. So offensively, they continue to be one of the best in the league. They're second in the league in field goal percentage, fourth in three-point percentage, fifth in assists, second in scoring at 120 a game. The only statistic where they're really bad Is free throw shooting. They're 26th, and a lot of that is attributed to Giannis shooting in the 60s. (laughs) Defensively, 7th overall in field goal percentage, not bad. 29th. In three-point percentage. They're giving up 39% a game, which is second worst in the league. How do you drop off that
0: badly from overall field goal percentage to three-point field goal percentage? Is that just a product of their defense and they just sag so much? Yeah. They don't rotate
1: well? The emphasis of the Budenholzer system is to protect the rim first. That's why Brook Lopez the last two years has been such a valuable asset because with him and Giannis back there, and then last year when you had Ursan, and you had Robin Lopez, that's a lot of bigs down there to protect the rim. But you're giving up open perimeter shots, and the NBA, for better or for worse, has really become a shooter's league. Um, and you have to um, be able to guard the perimeter. The Bucks are a little lacking in wing defenders. Um, that's that's an issue for them this year. They gave some of that up when they made the, the holiday trade, and they were going to give up even more, to, more of it if they ended up making the Bogdanovich trade. Um. So they got some stuff to clean up They've been inconsistent uh, This week they got Indiana uh, Tomorrow And then they're at Cleveland Friday and Saturday And then at a really hot Denver team On Monday, a place where they always lose I was lose. just
0: going to say they never no, win No, they never went out there and Like in Phoenix, too. That was the
1: game last year They kind of started their downward trend They went out west, they got pounded by Denver They went and they got pounded by the Lakers The pandemic hit, they were never the same um, and it was interesting. I read something today. Connaughton was asked about kind of where this team is and are they disappointed to be 12-8. and eight? And he made an interesting comment about they've been so good the last two years, especially last year during the regular season, that when they got into the playoffs and they kind of got punched in the mouth, they really didn't have the ability to rebound from that. The, it, the, it, it stunned them to the point where they ended up getting knocked out. If you want to go boxing terms, but this year having to kind of go through some stuff as the year progresses, hopefully will give them a little bit more metal in the in the playoffs. Where yeah, you're down twenty in game one to Miami, big deal. <laughs> you know, last year it was like, what the hell's going on? Right. We normally were up twenty. This is what the hell? Now maybe you calm down a little bit and understand that. You can come back. You've been through this stuff before. So just interesting comments from, from a guy who's, you know, one of the mouthpieces of the team. Um, I mean, I think him, Lopez, Middleton, and Giannis are the four longest-tenured sure. Bucks. So, Okay.
0: Um, you got a bunch of uh, other NBA stuff if you just want to roll
1: through that. Yeah, like I said, Philly is leading the East at 15-6, and six, which is a little surprising, but uh, Embiid's having a really good year you know bringing doc rivers over as the coach was was a definite upgrade. Yeah. Um Brooklyn has been up and down since the big harden trade. They are maybe the worst defensive team in NBA history. <laughs> like it's the other the other night they gave up 149 to Washington. Oh my god. Washington has the worst record in the east. Um yeah, it's it's beyond abysmal. I mean James Harden and Kyrie Irving will never ever be considered defensive stalwarts, but like top defenders, it's they're just sibs right now, and they're kind of leaving it up to their their back end guys to cover up for them, and it's just it's not possible. Um, They're going to try to outscore everybody. I don't know if they can win four playoff rounds playing this way. That remains to be seen. And there, you know, there is trade possibilities that could happen, but right now they're they're. uh, they're fun to watch, but they're inconsistent. Okay. Um, right. At the bottom of the playoffs right now, the 7-10 to 10 seeds, which is the play-in now. Oh,
0: right. I forgot about this. So we've got
1: Cleveland, Charlotte, Chicago, and the Knicks sitting in the 7-10 to 10 seed, which is really odd to see. Um, those are four teams that most people would have not predicted to be playoff teams. I mean, and right now those would be at
0: their records. But the Bulls are—they're all, all about
1: 500, really. Yeah, I think okay. the Bulls are a game or two under. All right, uh, but they're all hovering around 500. Toronto and Miami right now are out of the playoffs. Uh, Miami—shocking well, about Miami. Miami's been devastated with some COVID stuff okay. and some injuries. Jimmy right. Butler didn't play for a couple weeks. They're starting to get healthy. They'll be back. Toronto, I'm not shocked. Um, they've lost a lot the last couple of years after winning the title. And uh, they've gone deep in the playoffs several years in a row. I mean that wears you down. And they're a also lot of playing games. home
0: games in Tampa. Exactly.
1: So I'm not too shocked that that they're struggling. Okay. Um, in the West, it's the usual suspects at the top: Clippers <laughs> and Lakers. Utah won ten in a row uh, before getting knocked off. They're all tied at 16 and five in the West. Uh, Memphis, Denver, and Phoenix. <clears throat> Memphis had a. They've only played like 15 games. Everybody else is in the 20s. They had to stop for some COVID stuff. Plus, they had a John Morant injury, so they're coming back. Denver, as I mentioned, has been hot. And Phoenix is kind of figuring it out with Chris Paul, kind of how he fits. They're playing better. Dallas and the Pelicans out of the playoffs right now. Uh, the Dallas thing is shocking.
0: I was just going to say that doesn't. The Pelicans, not so much because they're
1: still young. They're, right. they're going to have a good week, a bad week. The da- Dallas hasn't been right all year, and I'm not sure what that all is all about. You know, poor Zingas can't stay on the floor for any consistent period of time. Um, they got a lot of money invested in him and maybe Doncic is looking over his shoulder. Like, <laughs> dude, you know, I, I mean, I can keep getting triple doubles every night, but it's kind of like the nets. We got to be able to guard somebody. So, um, they're out right now. MVP candidates, LeBron, Embiid, Jokic, and Durant, I would say are the top four probably okay. in that order. Um, The media is salivating to give it to LeBron. God. It's just this obsession right now with old guys in sports that the media has, whether it's Brady, Tiger, LeBron. Um, It it just is what it is. It's a better quote-unquote story, so that's what everybody likes to run with. (laughs) And then the last thing, LeBron and his...
0: Oh, my God. I thought,
1: honestly, that somebody
0: put the headline on it, and I thought it was legitimate because they were playing the Hawks, right? and I think it was in Atlanta, Yep. and I thought it was a real housewife of Atlanta. Well, it might as well be. Because that sure as hell what it looked like. If you see the guy
1: she's married to, you would totally think so. This guy looked like a gray-haired, roided-out, spray-tan, total knob. (laughs) And the girl was a pretty little 25-year-old piece that he's got on his arm.
0: Yes. So that's why I was like, well, they said Real Housewives of Atlanta. I told Jane because she watches the the uh, the Orange County version. I'm like, Real Housewife was talking smack to LeBron and she got kicked out of the game, but it she wasn't on the show, but still, that's what it looked like.
1: Yeah, and I don't even know how how did it even start. It sounds like LeBron and the husband were chirping at each other, and that the husband, quote unquote, according to the Laker players that heard it, went out of bounds against LeBron was something that he said. Don't know what it was. I want to know. And LeBron went back at him. And somehow the woman got involved (laughs) standing up for her man, which is, you know, what all men love today. (laughs) And uh, allegedly she claims LeBron responded to her, shut the fuck up, sit down, bitch. Yes, that's right. Um, I find it very comical how that has just been glossed over by the media because he because carries himself it was, because let me tell you something. So high. If Luca Doncic had told a black woman oh, God. to shut the fuck up and sit down, bitch, it wouldn't be glossed over. Um, but this is the thing with LeBron for me that even as great of a player as he is, and he's going to end up with ridiculous accolades when he's all said and done. Cause he's in this era now, like Brady where you get to play forever. Um, People just don't like him. Like he he's not that likable of a guy. He got heckled the other night in Cleveland. A guy was wearing a shirt about how LeBron's mom got banged by one of his teammates back in the day and he oh and God. the guy got the guy got kicked out of the game and I mean like people just don't like LeBron. And you know, I I heard Dan Patrick a couple of months ago, you know, he's a big LeBron guy, and he, he was just like, I don't understand why people don't like LeBron. It's like, it's because you guys kiss his ass, and he thinks he can tell everybody what to do. That's why. It's pretty much that simple. Like, other than other than Skip Bayless, everybody in the media kisses LeBron's ass. They do. Why? Because uh, he's good? Because, he it's, because it's profitable for them to kiss his ass. That's why. It's profitable. They can they can be on his show on HBO like Stephen A. Smith is. They can have um, his his guys like Maverick Carter and um, that other guy that's his buddy that's his business partner. They can come on his the, your podcast. It's profitable to kiss LeBron's ass, um, but you know I just I don't think he's got that he he doesn't have that love that people had for Jordan. Like you might not have liked the Bulls. You might not even have been a huge Jordan fan, but, like, nobody hated Michael Jordan other than maybe a Knicks fan right? because of yes. the personal rivalry. Right. rivalry. But, like, you really didn't hate him. You were like, man, I wish that dude was on my team. <laughs> right. Man. And it still endures. Two, the guys has not played a basketball game in two decades. I'm watching the NFC title game the other day, and Mike Evans is wearing Michael Jordan receiving gloves. Like,
0: What? His brand is still it's crazy, still there, man. Even the high school uniforms have. Look at have all the, the colleges. Air Look at yes. all the
1: colleges, football and basketball that wear Jordan apparel. Yep. I mean, it's LeBron will just never reach that kind of fame, and I think just adoration from the general public. And you know, Jordan's been criticized recently by the media for not saying enough and and standing up for certain issues that people think he should have stood up for. But that's part of his enduring lovability is that he never pissed off a segment of the population the way these guys do now
0: it reminds me lebron's career has now kind of taken the turn of batman where they say you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain
1: yeah and now that's kind of where well he's done it twice right he was the hero in cleveland then he was the villain in miami then he won in miami then he went back to Cleveland and won in Cleveland. So he's the hero again. Then he goes to the Lakers and, and starts running his mouth all the, the time. Villain. And now he's kind of the villain again. So, no, it's, a, it's an apt comparison. That's for sure. Like
0: there's so many heel turns yeah. and face turns from, you know, the world
1: of wrestling that you don't know whether to, to cheer or boo the guy. It's just hard when I read an article that he he made like $95 million last year. <sighs> um to listen to him talk about his struggles, I I just don't want, I just don't want to hear it. Stop it! I just don't want to hear it. Struggles? Yeah, I just don't want what to hear are it.
0: Are you? What could you possibly be struggling with?
1: The hate, man. The plight of being a an African American star athlete in the hate. It's, it's you know. Okay. That's that's his privilege, I guess. All right.
0: You got anything else in the NBA? No, I you just wish the Bucks would get up. hot
1: and run off about seven in a row. Okay, Stretch this 12-8 and eight out to about 20-8. let to happen.
0: All right, what time is it? We got seven twenty uh, seven 27 uh, as we record this on Tuesday night. Badgers are going to tip off in, uh, in any minute uh, against Penn State. They uh, lost at Penn State, which was probably the worst loss of the season. I'd say it's worse than that Maryland early. season.
1: Their, hadn't lost to them in like 15 years. Is that
0: how long it was? Yeah, it'd been a while. Bad. Um, they gave, they, they were like seven for 28 from three or something like that. They play them again, just by virtue of the Nittany Lions COVID thing, pushing this game back and moving some other games up. So, um, a home and home. This one's at the Cole Center. They lost on the road. They beat Maryland, which I thought was a good kind of bounce back from an earlier season loss as well. But that's kind of way that this team is. The it seems like after the early accolades and whatever, they're kind of destined just now to split. You know, they did win at Rutgers for the first time, and I think three, four seasons that they played there. Um, but I think you bring up a good point. Looking at that Michigan State game that they blew out the Spartans on Christmas. It's been almost 500 from that point forward. And now you get some pretty tough competitors after this because you got to go down to Champaign. And
1: Illinois's freaking good. Yeah, they are. They got some athletes. And the Badgers don't. They struggle with teams that have a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. That's why they lost to Marquette. That's why they lost the first time to Maryland. Um, you know, Guard said it today in the paper, though. And he, well, he said it on his radio show, and it was in the paper. Um, they're pretty good when they defend. When they try to get in a shootout with teams, they're not that good because they don't have that kind of firepower. Um, you know, I think this team would do a little bit better with a little less Brad Davison, myself. Um, we saw know that it's, early. It's well documented that I'm not a fan of oh, him, but I just don't think he's playing very well. We But we saw that early
0: Davis was taking some of his minutes.
1: Yeah, and, you know... You're you're in the you're in the dog days of the season and that's when freshmen kind of have their little bit of a swoon before you get to tournament time. So I get that, but um I mean, this team I I hate to keep saying it, but they're super inconsistent. I mean, 5 and 4 in their last 9 since that Michigan State win, like you said, and I we've come to find out that Michigan State ain't very good. No. So that win wasn't really it's as big a of a deal as you thought it was, yeah. you know, right. a month ago.
0: Right? You, you, you that's probably one that you could probably hang your hat on for the season. Like, look at that. Well, now it's like, okay. I mean,
1: they're still hanging around at 19 in the rankings. They've been top 20 all year. They've pretty much hovered between like six and 15 most of the season, which kind of tells you the state of college hoops. Um, I was looking at bracketology today. Duke's not even in it. Um, that that just. You know, Kentucky's not in it. I'm right. thinking Carolina might be on the bubble. Um, they got the Badgers this this week as a four seed, but trending down. And you fifth know, straight
0: week they've dropped in the AP.
1: Yeah, I mean if they if they lose, I mean though I, I would assume they would win tonight we'll against tonight. Penn State. But yeah, you go again. You go one and one this week. You're kind of staying oh. in that four five line, and right. you know that's not a terrible place to be. But that's that inevitable Sweet Sixteen matchup against a one seed typically. Um, Awesome. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I still think this team is going to be vying for second or third in the Big Ten. I'm not sure they can win it this year, um, but they'll, they'll be up there because they, they still are a team that's going to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. Losing, I can't see them losing back to back games to Penn State. It just doesn't. You seem, would hope not. Uh, I mean,
0: then, 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 are you going to get the annual fire up the the fire guard crew and they they put that in the residence halls? It's you know, been a while down ever the you know, since stuff. that
1: late season the, win streak. The last stairwells, year.
0: yeah, that's right. So, no, I don't know. Um, we'll see about that. A really early. I mean, is this a product of the pandemic where we're getting these really early tip offs? I don't like, know. I don't remember outside of tournament time whether it's a conference tournament. A holiday tournament, you know, or the, uh, the NCAA March bet. A four o'clock tip off?
1: Yeah, I saw, I didn't even know that till today. I looked at my phone, I was like, wait, Mark, that plays at four?
0: Right. What the I, hell? I read that this morning and I went to three different websites just to make sure everybody yeah. was on the same page. Right. Um. But they, they get back to 500. God. Fewer. Um, <laughs> I mean, they
1: were trying their best to I piss away it, a 15 point right. lead with about. What, four minutes left?
0: I I turned it off at the house, and then I came over here, and I walked in, and in your living room, the TV was on, and it said something to the effect of, like, 18 seconds or something or other, and they're down, Marquette only up three, and I went, what? Yeah. And you were like, come down here and watch
1: Marquette blow this thing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... It was a comedy of errors. It was turnovers. It was missed free throws. It was not getting the shooters. I mean, Butler, who's terrible in their own right this, this year.
0: Is, I mean, has this been coming? Yeah, for a they've bit? well.
1: This is they've lost several coaches in a yeah, row. Okay, and you know they lose Stevens to the Celtics. Right. They lost Holtzman to Ohio State, uh, and then I think there was another guy that they lost. And like they're on their fourth coach since they were in the Final Four. But yeah, Butler had a chance to tie the game. At the buzzer I mean they had a good look they just missed it so Marquette's um, a disaster they're nine and nine they're five and seven in the Big East they're not gonna make the tournament they lost at uh, Providence by Was 10 the other Alabama day good nah they're okay they lost at home to Saint John's by two so
0: they split with it the, because they beat them earlier yeah
1: and St John's isn't very good the Big East is kind of down this year to be honest um they beat Butler today they got Creighton at home Saturday Number 15, Creighton. And then I think their last four or five games are on the road. they got a long stretch where they're away from the five serve. So I don't see this getting much better. This is probably going to be Wojo's worst team since his first year. Oh, man. Um, You know, I read something, and I think I mentioned it last week. Marquette doesn't really want to fire Wojo because they don't want to pay his buyout. It's kind of one of the rumors that is floating around out there. And I I get that. Um, But... He's not doing a good job. I mean, he's in like year six now of being there, and he's been able to recruit a couple of all American high school all Americans, and Marcus Howard was a first team All American. He led the nation in scoring. You still haven't won a tournament game. You're 0 2 in the tournament and you've been blown out in those games. Like I don't I don't really know what to make of it. It's it's bizarre. I mean I guess he doesn't really maybe have the depth of talent that Buzz Williams had before him, but he's got as much as Crean did. I mean, he doesn't have a Dwayne Wade. Right. But, I mean, Diener and Novak and Matthews and McNeil and those guys, like, he's got that level of talent. I mean, this Dawson Garcia kid's good. He was a McDonald's All-American. Uh, Carton that transferred from Ohio State, he was a big recruit at the time coming out of high school. Henry Ellinson was an All-American. Howard was a big time recruit, so he's been able to bring guys in. But then, you know, guys like the Hausers come in and you lose them. What happened there? I'm kind of curious. I'm curious. I mean, Sam Hauser's at Virginia, and they're very good. He's their best guy. Uh, Joey Hauser's at Michigan State. State. They're They're okay. He's one of their best guys. I don't know. What what was the point of them leaving? What happened behind the scenes there? We'll probably never Never know unless those guys divulge the information. Yep. But there's something off with Wojo. There's just something off there. There's a disconnect. It's not working.
0: I mean, is he is he riding on the Duke money and then when they get there and the guys go, Really?
1: Well, there's a difference between being able to recruit and being able to coach. You know right. that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you slide over two feet on that bench. That's a big it's a big jump. You know, you go from being Shashevsky's number one recruiter, where you walk in wearing that Duke apparel and you immediately garner this respect, and and the guys you're recruiting aren't to the point where they don't remember you as a player, right? Which matters. That's big. Now you're running a smaller, less high profile program, and these dudes don't remember you. They don't even. They weren't even born, born at, when you were nope. playing
0: at Duke. Yeah, we talked about that in some of the. For some of the high school stuff that we're we're seeing right now. So,
1: I mean, he's still been able to recruit some some good talent to Milwaukee, but I don't know. For whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out well in the end. The good news is,
0: I guess, that baseball is going to start on time unless COVID absolutely wreaks havoc down in Florida and in Phoenix. Um, The union rejected baseball's offer, which I thought it was a little odd because the, the, the league had kind of loaded that deal from what I interpreted it as, which a bunch of the things that the union could potentially want, but the overriding factor was we want to play right now, get paid full. The other stuff, maybe we'll talk about it later. You know, universal designated hitter, expanded playoffs, um, seven-inning headers, runner-on seconds, all that you know, secondary, auxiliary stuff. Um, but it's now going to start. Spring training is going to start on time. Opening day is April 1st. And it's all systems go right now, which means they're reporting in, what, two weeks?
1: Yeah. Probably? Yeah. Well, we're yeah, we're back to normal baseball. All that gimmicky shit they did last year is gone. Five teams make the playoffs, not eight in each division or uh, league. Yeah, like you said. The universal DH, as of right now, they're not going to have it in the National League. I'm not sure that's dead. I'm not sure that that's dead. Um, are we doing any right now geographic?
0: I mean, the schedule's out. It's, it's a schedule know. like normal, correct? I think
1: it's normal. Yeah, I think it's pretty normal. So then I'm, are we
0: going to go back to the DH in the American League Park?
1: Probably, yeah.
0: If there's interleague games? Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I, I'm not sure that the that that's something that the players union is going to let die because that's that's a potential couple of jobs for some older guys in in a national league that you know when when half the league won't allow a dh you know they kind of want to fill out those roster spots so we'll for see sure. we'll see but for i'm sure. just i'm glad they're coming back and it's going to try to be on schedule you know cuz I'm, I'm kind of ready for baseball i'm too you know I'm too. football kind of dragged on the basketball season's not going great uh, for any of the local teams, yeah, I'm kind of ready for baseball. I'm
0: just not interested in the. And normally, I'd be like, "Okay, Badger game on tonight. I want to make sure I watch." Uh, I, I don't really care, you know. And well, so, the I,
1: atmosphere of the no fans is taking its true. it's taking its toll.
0: That's true. Um, I mean, we see it at the high school level. I mean, I got right now. I'm watching the the Craig girls, you know, against Wanda Key on YouTube, and it said they're close to 50 people watching. That's cool. It's not a lot, but when you get the gym and this is what you got, it's like. Okay, if you're thirsty for something, I mean, I guess you're gonna watch. But I mean, we go to these gyms and it's like this isn't exciting.
1: No, it's pretty dead. It's pretty dead, you know.
0: And yeah. I'm I'm sure it gets worse when you're used to dealing with packed arenas. Well, in your and, bigger,
1: yeah, your bigger arena, And
0: crazy crowds.
1: You know, you're in a 18,000 seat building as opposed to a 3000 seat building
0: off the crowd one way or another. And now you come down after a big play and there's crickets.
1: Well, your bench is hopefully that's it. Yeah.
0: That's loud. Great. Right. Thanks guys.
1: Seven dudes.
0: Appreciate the support. (laughs) Right. Um, You and I talked about this over the weekend when this trade went happened, but it's, it's one of those that seems to happen every year. And, And we talked about the division about the Cubs And the Reds and the Pirates and the Brewers and the Cardinals going to do what the Cardinals going to do. And they did it again in trading for a multiple-year All-Star Gold Glove winner in Nolan Arenado. And it's just one of those things where I think probably, I think here's some commonality that the Cubs and Brewers fans have. They look at St. Louis and they go, are you fucking kidding me? Why can't, I mean the Cubs can't say this, but maybe Brewers fans... What are we doing? Why can they do it and we can't? It's it happens every year.
1: Or at least every other year. Well, the 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 Brewers would tell you economics, that's why. They would they, that's what they would tell you. I don't know whether or not that's true. I don't you know, we don't work there, we don't know the inner workings and all right. that stuff. Um when I saw Arenado go into the Cardinals, I was pissed. When I saw what the Cardinals gave back to the Rockies for Aronado, I was really pissed. <laughs> they gave up nothing for nope. him. They got <laughs> Nolan Aronado, and the Rockies are giving them money to take right, him. Here you go. Help
0: pay his contract. So, Here's now, some
1: money. so now you've got a team that's got at the corners uh, Nolan Aronado and Paul Goldschmidt, and the Brewers have Daniel Vogelbach and some dude named Daniel Robertson? Yes. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Silence. Hmm. Somehow so, that doesn't seem like it, it levels the playing field. So, I mean, with barring anything
0: else, I mean, what is this Brewers team going to be this year that we can have different expectations
1: from last year? Well, I think if you go off of our most recent observation of the Brewers, the small sample size that was last year, their pitching should be pretty decent. Um, Woodruff and Burns at the top It should be good Woodruff was good, not great last year Burns was pretty damn good last year But he only really started like 7 or 8 games So in a real season that's like basically 20% Can he do? Can he be a really good quality frontline starter for an entire season? That remains to be seen. I think we've all seen him in in moments where we're like, "Yes, hell yeah, absolutely, he can be that." We've also seen where he can't keep the ball in the park. Why the hell is this guy still out there? Right. Yeah. You know what? What do we get out of uh, a guy like Hauser this year? I think he's a. I think he's a long man emergency starter. I think he's a right-handed suitor. You know, suitor had a sub three ERA last year. That's probably not going to happen again. But does Lindblom pitch a little bit better his second year there? You would hope so. Does Freddie Peralta take a step forward Mm. or one of these other back end bullpen guys—Rasmussen, Wall, Topa, Yardley?
0: Been a while waiting for Peralta to kind of figure shit out.
1: Is Devin Williams a one year wonder? Right. 25 was he a 25 game junk ball pitch and wonder or is he a legitimate future closer that could someday replace hater remains to be seen so i think the pitching's in decent shape the position players is not great the catching situation is a mess they've got six catchers on their 40 man roster
0: and none of them really look like your everyday
1: they're all just they're all really truly they're all backups
0: Somebody's I mean, going
1: to start the majority of the games, but they're all backups.
0: They've been waiting for Nottingham for, it seems like, a decade.
1: Well, before he could hit and he couldn't field, and then he worked on his fielding and now he can't hit. I don't know. It's like, what What does he say? Fall down a well, eyes go cross, <laughs> get kicked by <laughs> a mule, they go back. I don't know. That's kind of the way I feel about Nottingham. Um, <laughs> you know, the middle, the infield, they've basically got a bunch of second basemen. I mean, you right. got you Arcia, Hira, and then a bunch of dudes: Tim Lopes, Mark Matthias, Daniel Robertson, and and Urias. And then you got Vogelbach at first. I mean,
0: don't you have to put Urias at third? I don't know, man. I mean, uh, you 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 kind of have to. You, I mean, if you, you trade, well, Vogelbach
1: for... can't play first every day. Well, that's what I, I don't know. What's, what's the deal with Braun? I read today that they're still in contact, but nothing has been discussed. Okay, well you're gonna
0: need an emergency guy over there. Are they gonna have one of their six catchers learn to play? I don't know.
1: I mean, outfield, you know, you know who Kane and Yelich are. Yes. Garcia He didn't do much for you I, last I year. I think I know who he is, and he's just an average player, I think.
0: You better be better than what he was last year for the money that you're paying him.
1: We ever gonna see Corey Ray.
0: It's a good question too. I don't know.
1: He's a top five pick. He's been in the system for five or six years now. He's never sniffed the majors. Um he strikes out a ton. That shouldn't be a deterrent in today's baseball necessarily, Especially but on, you got to be able to hit some bombs and hit some doubles team, too. Right, yes. um, that's a guy I would just like to see the Brewers shitter get off the pot with him. Like, Give him a shot. Hopefully he gets a ton of reps in spring training and he has a real opportunity to make the team. And uh, if he makes the team, I hope he gets an opportunity to play a little bit, not just once a week. Like, Let's find out. He's like 27 now. He's not a kid anymore. You either got to find out or you got to move on. Um, that's kind of where this team is, man. I, I, the, nothing major. I don't think is going to happen in the next two to three weeks. If anybody's waiting for that, <laughs> so I think this is for the most part going to be who we're riding with sure. going into the season. Ride or but die. a lot of questions.
0: Okay. Um, nobody voted in in the Hall of Fame, so that God, was a that so lot much. of exciting, a lot of excitement for all. Nothing. I hate that so much. It seems like the Baseball Writers Association of America is like public enemy number one. That I don't know anybody that praises these people. Well, there's a very, very...
1: There's a level of arrogance there. That's what
0: I mean. This exclusive club... Yeah, went
1: unchecked for far too long.
0: And now it's like, what are you guys actually doing?
1: Some of them aren't bad. I mean, like, a guy like Harder Court, the Brewer beat writer for the Journal Sentinel, like, I don't think he thinks he's something special because he gets a Hall of Fame vote, and he always releases his vote to the public, like, on Twitter and stuff. But there's some of them. Some of those East Coast guys, Boston and New York, like, they think there's some gatekeepers of, of the Hall of Fame. You know, and it's like, who the hell are these people to to be judging the moral character of some of these players? I mean, there's drunks and wife beaters and drug users that work in the media just like there are in any other field in this country. I mean, it's just life. Um, I think it's really dumb and really short-sighted to continually keep guys like Bonds, Clemens, Rose, and Schilling out for a bunch of reasons that don't really have anything to do with on the field. Um, the 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 steroid thing, everybody was doing it. Pitchers were doing it. Hitters yeah, were doing that's it. That's what I mean. Just put a goddamn asterisk on his plaque and just say, he hit the majority of his home runs in the steroid era. He was a phenomenal player before it. We all know it. He was a multiple-time MVP with the Pirates. Ladies and gentlemen, Barry Bonds. If you don't want to call him the all-time home run king, I don't care. Because if you're a fan of the game, you already you can pick if it's him or Aaron. It don't matter. It's like the LeBron Jordan argument. We can argue all day. It don't matter. Just an opinion, it's just who you like. But, you know, Kurt Schilling's a nutbag. The dude constantly says crazy, outlandish shit. But in a big game, who in, in, who are you giving the ball to? You want him pitching for he's, you. He's in the conversation. Guys like him, Smoltz, Randy Johnson, Clemens. Like, those dudes are on the short list of these dudes got balls, they're not scared. They're going to perform in a big game. It's Hall of Fame worthy. If he says shit on the internet, fine. Ignore him. Put something on his plaque that says he's a crazy bastard. But he pitched in one of the most famous games of all time. Yes. With the bloody sock. Just put him in. Rose, I get. If you think the gambling thing is just the sin of all sins, nah. fine, that whatever. Uh, that
0: also, given today's environment with DraftKings and being able to bet on your phone and doing and and, and having a stadium gambling allowed in your seats where it's like now incorporated, that doesn't seem like that
1: arduous of well, of a thing. And I've never been interested enough and we were pretty young at the time to investigate all of right. what was alleged like did he actually bet on his own team? He always says no, but whatever. You know, I think he'll go in posthumously. I think that's going to be his punishment. Um Right, he won't live to see it. He sure. won't live to see okay. it, but I think some of these other guys, man, like what are we doing? Just put him in. You got racists and and dudes that try to keep black people out of baseball in there. The right. Kennesaw Mountain Landis, I think it's like the NL MVP trophy. He's like one of the biggest racists ever. His name's on the damn trophy. Like, give me a break. <laughs> Just put him in. It's a freaking museum. Yes. That's what it is at the end of the day. Yep. Just yep. put him in. All right. Wow, oh,
0: I like that. That was a little fire as we get close to I hate, it every year the
1: Every year the MLB Hall of Fame pisses me off because they pull this shit. You know, Craig Biggio's in, but fucking Roger Clemens ain't in? Like, come on, man. Did you ever go to a Brewer game and say, dude, I, I cannot wait. wait to see Biggio and, and and Bagwell. I am dying to see these guys. The- I can't wait to watch Craig Biggio with his gigantic fucking elbow pad lean into an 82-mile-an-hour changeup and walk to first.
0: That's the awesome. only—I think when Biggio was ever in the conversation when we would go see him play, the— When we were in the parking lot, half in the bag, it would be like, let's take bets on how many times Biggio gets hit.
1: Dude, that's it. I hate Sammy Sosa with a passion of a thousand suns. Put him in the Hall of Fame. That guy, when he took batting practice, it was a fucking spectacle. I was there. It was insane. I saw that dude hit moonshots off the scoreboard at Miller Park in batting practice. Like, it was nothing. People were eating it up that's a bigger deal than anything Craig Biggio ever did in his career just saying all right uh,
0: we're getting uh, we're getting past the hour and 15 minute oh. mark um, what's uh what's what's the latest on your uh, Janesville Craig hoops classics YouTube channel
1: still getting a lot of good feedback a yep. lot of clicks um, you know a lot of views last week um, a couple of them were me well, wow, good. Yep, good. Absolutely. I watched. Yep. I watched some, you know, some
0: guys in my class that that yeah. I texted you about, and then we made fun of them. Yes, we
1: did. Yes, of course. Our boy Brent Jerome. <laughs> God, I missed that dude. Good old G Spunk. <laughs> um, so this week uh, I'm putting up two again. I'll put one up tonight. Uh, tonight will be us against Wisconsin Rapids in uh, our Christmas tournament at the end of '98. So my senior year, okay. we play Rapids at Stevens Point in the Century Classic, and then the next day. Excuse me, uh, we play Stevens Point, who was undefeated at the time. I'll put that one up Friday. And uh, Point's got two kids that I played in uh, against in college also. Casey Taggett, who went to lacrosse and had a really nice career. He was one of their guards. And then uh, Nick Bennett, uh, nephew of Dick Bennett, um, cousin of Tony Bennett. Nick and Dick, okay. And his dad was Jack Bennett, who was the Stevens Point's uh. Uh, UW-Stevens Point coach. And Nick went and played for his dad. They won a couple national titles. I think he was a college all-American and uh, played with my boy Tamaris from Beloit. Sure. And I think Nick is Nick's coach in high school somewhere over in the Milwaukee area. He was on the Whitewater staff for a couple years too. Um, but that's a pretty good game. Um, they're a good team. We put it on them pretty good. There's a good crowd there. It's fun. It's it's on the big court, the big college court. Um, so those are that's a that's a pretty fun tournament. Those are those are a couple good watches. They're both game films again, so no commentary, uh, which is kind of refreshing. You actually <laughs> just get to watch the game and sure. don't hear people mangling names, but as we get farther <laughs> down the line into some of these, we get back into the actual TV broadcast. Okay. And then it's a then it's a straight butcher shop.
0: Sure, I was going to say I'm sure those are absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Um because just knowing what we know about local media and basketball, when it was in its infancy days. Yeah. So I think I got, like... Not
1: the best. I think I got two or three weeks of games left after this. Okay. Like four or six, I can't remember, but... That's cool. That'll about coincide with... Pretty close, yeah.
0: ...our, our high school And that, and that was kind of
1: my plan, just to have something I didn't know at the time that they were going to be putting all these games on YouTube. Right. But I think it's actually worked in my favor because... When you type it in on YouTube, you know, where my, my site will pop up. Yep, and absolutely. I think we've probably got a few clicks off that. So. that that's awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, that is a uh, packed intentional foul for this week. Um, we'll have the post Super Bowl edition coming up sometime next week. We're into basketball playoff time, so we, we're going to try to find time to uh, do an episode. We got uh, five, five we'll games see. this week. <laughs> I think there's five already lined up next week with potential playoffs and all that stuff. So. We're uh, we're coming down to the end of uh, our basketball broadcast season, so we'll try and find time to knock out a podcast. Right we through. love
1: doing it, but we're we're kind of ready for it to be well, over because this so much has been it's, packed it's in. Packed. Yes, it's every night. Yes, man. it is. It's crazy. Yep,
0: absolutely. All right, thank you for uh, listening, downloading, subscribing, if you will, and as always, please tell your friends. And until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you then.
1: Go Bucks.